0: podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerds and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is the Wolverine 10th anniversary. I'm your host, Austin, and with me as always is the amazing Amanda. The wild yet Elusive Jekka. Present. And burn, Brady burn. Hey yeah. now. Anakin, you gotta watch out, dude. Night almost knocked over the lamp and you weren't even <laughs> paying attention. I saw that thing wobbling like it was like it was like a like 30 degrees, like whoop, whoop tipping back and forth. All right, now that I'm now that I'm not distracted anymore, jeez <laughs> Almighty. Yes, we are talking the Wolverine. We're not talking Wolverine X Men Origins. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, as a side conversation. But we're talking the Wolverine because it's its tenth anniversary. Can you believe it or not? We're also going to be talking a whole lot more to include. Uh, Doctor Who releasing their full trailer for their upcoming 60th anniversary. Uh, DCU's James Gunn is sharing some influences for the upcoming Superman movie. And guess what, folks? Netflix Daredevil showrunners calling the Disney plus Daredevil TV series a Disney scam. And a whole lot more, so make sure. To hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say to you. Plus 10 nerd XP to you. Nerdy. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can earn some nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Jekka, what's nerdy with you?
1: Um. So, last night I had my Dungeons and Dragons game. Mm-hmm. We're playing The Curse of Strahd. We were in the home stretch. Um, we were in Strahd's castle. We were doing our dungeon Uh-oh. crawl. Yeah. Came into this room with this brazier thing that had a fire coming out of it. It was like a white fire, no heat protruding. And it was surrounded by these like different colored stones. And above it was an hourglass. And the mm-hmm. hourglass had a poem on it, and it was saying that if we offered up a stone, like, this, each, the color of the stone corresponded to, like, a different location. And we were like, ooh, this might be helpful. Because, like, one thing, we need we need to, like, find the tomb of the sleeping paladin because there's a treasure there that we'll need to fight Strahd, and we know it's in Strahd's castle, so we're, like, trying to find this. And we're like, ooh, what if it's this stone? Like, these stones can take us there. And so there was a stone that was, like, would take us to the place where the coffins are hidden. We're like, ooh, maybe that's it. Like Maybe it'll take us to the tomb of this person. So, we decide as a group to throw the stone in and see what happens. Well, turns out it is a one-way teleportation device. and It took us to this town that previously we destroyed the leader of the town and his rival. So we pretty much, <laughs> like, last time we were in this town, we left a power vacuum <laughs> that was our own doing and we wound up right back up at this town eight hours from the castle mm. and the day of the wedding we're trying to stop is happening that day and we were just like, oh my gosh and even our DM he was just like, okay, hey, give me a moment. I did not expect you guys to do that. I was not prepared for that at all <laughs> So we had to take a moment for him to like dig up all those notes from the town of alaki for those are yeah. familiar with Curse stride. <laughs> and, yeah. So, the game was us just figuring out a way to get back to the castle as fast as possible, and we ended up conning the acting leader of the town, the acting Burgomeister, um, out of a cart and a horse, so that we could get there fast. So,
0: Very, very interesting, huh? So, we totally, wow. like,
1: set ourselves back
0: Yeah, that I is so. what makes that's, that's pretty funny,
1: and that is what makes D and D so fun. <laughs> Even though we were like, "Oh my gosh, we effed up so much, so bad."
2: <laughs>
1: the whole time we were like, "Is there a way we can get back?" And our DM was like, "Nope," and we were like, "Okay then,
2: <laughs> get to stepping."
1: Yep,
0: I'm trying. I'm trying to think if I've had that that epic of a, of a fail either as a player or as a DM slash GM for a d d or my Star Wars RPGs back in the day.
3: I don't know. When you didn't let any of your players heal for three sessions.
0: <laughs> no. Ooh, that's and we lost idea. a wizard.
3: We weren't allowed to heal for like three sessions. Then he sent us up against a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and like, these are little no. things. It's, our 10-year-old guy, like his character died. And he's like, I died. And I'm like, They're not experienced enough to say we need to heal.
2: Yeah. We're fighting a dragon in our next session. this coming Wednesday and uh, I'm just not ready. I I fully expect it to be the last time I play this character.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Well, well, Brady, speaking of which, what's nerdy with you, man?
2: Oh man. You know, I've been absent for a while. Um, Just it's, and it's, been exclusively just work and other stressors sure. life, but, life happens yeah and it's been happening fast and a lot i've been chilling out a little bit trying to find a couple of ways to relax i know i mentioned this earlier before we got on but um i've been following for a while i've been following um uh black magic craft a guy named jeremy out of canada and a bunch of other creators for scenery and stuff this is on B&B. youtube right yeah yeah. I think yeah i've watched him so i've been taking a lot of tips from that and i got a proxon cutter and i got a whole bunch of stuff and i've been uh like you know i've been crafting stuff i'm i know the folks listening can't see it but i've got like a little
0: that's like that's pretty amazing it really is
2: first one i've built this is a Ritz cracker box right here for Uh, the shingles. um
0: so this is this is a house that we're seeing yeah a a miniature's uh, house
2: once i get it painted i'll send you a picture of it and you can post it but it's pretty um, cool yeah. So I cut all the bricks and the timbers and all that stuff. And I used, I went and got like some uh, tile grout and I've used yeah. it for the stucco and that kind of so stuff. So I've been doing cool. that. So cool. And then, yeah. And then we did a, uh, I've been playing a little bit of music. I picked up a ultimate, the ultimate goal here is I want to learn how to play violin. Let me say that correctly. I want to learn how to play the fiddle. Okay. Um, so, but I played the guitar and bass and I've been playing it for years. And, and, Finally, I was like, and the tuning on a violin is so different in addition to the, just the actual form, the way you play it. But I've also wanted to learn to play mandolin. And I discovered that the mandolin is tuned the same way a violin is. And I thought, well, I can learn to play this mandolin, which I've been doing. Mm -hmm. um, And then I can, maybe some of the fret work will work its way over, you know, the same scale shapes, that kind of thing. Um, So when I do start taking violin lessons, hopefully in about a year, um, some of that will translate, I can focus more on the other thing like working the bow and the proper way to hold it and all that. So, um, so yeah, you know, just been staying busy with that. We went on vacation to Idaho, did some horseback riding, some hiking up into Montana or Wyoming. And yeah, just good times. So just staying busy. That's it.
1: Way to That's go. That's pretty
2: cool. That and running secure data communications for a Fortune 50 <laughs> company as we try and consolidate all of our redundant applications into one, the one I run. That is what's been keeping me busy at work. So, yeah.
0: Well, anyway. that happens.
2: Yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're glad you're back. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I've missed you guys. Incredibly. Likewise. All
0: right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? Have you remembered yet? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. So... I am I keep hearing about One Piece and how good the live action is. So I,
0: no, what are you talking about? One Piece? Ooh, it's,
1: yeah. Uh,
3: tell me about this. I mean,
1: I haven't seen the okay. anime, but...
3: So, I haven't seen the anime either, but I've heard, heard great reviews about the live action. And so, instead of watching the anime, <laughs> I'm watching the live action. And live actions based on animes have kind of been hit or miss it's true and everyone keeps saying this is a hit is this
0: on netflix yes yeah all right so netflix is is doing a live action version of a anime called one piece yes okay
3: and i i start watching it and my daughter sits down and starts watching it with me my oldest and so I'm trying to catch her up to it. <laughs> I'm in 20 minutes and I don't want to go back. But the thing I had to explain to her is some of the acting in this is so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. But it's so fun. And the storyline keeps moving. And they all look weird because they kind of look like the anime character they're supposed to be playing. (laughs) And it is super fun. I've only seen one episode so far. Okay.
0: Oh, Brady. Brady, Brady, Yeah, we can't hear you, buddy.
2: Sorry, I was was just going to tell you that um, I haven't watched it. It's on my short list, but my 14-year-old loved it. He was all oh, okay. over it. He just consumed
0: it. Very cool.
1: Yeah, I am kind of want to give it a shot because cause Netflix had tried doing a live action Cowboy Bebop, and it did not go over well. Um, the actors were great. I felt they picked good actors for the Cowboy Bebop live action, but I don't know what it was. There was just something about it that was just off, and I did not enjoy it. Brady. I watched the first two episodes, and it was still like, ugh.
3: So I I have added my son Anakin. I made him watch the first episode um tonight. I'm gonna to be watching it with my two oldest kids.
0: Yeah. Alright, whatever.
3: But <laughs> it has been like I'm really excited to watch it with them because it, it has that fun B rated type of <laughs> type of feel to it. Like it's it's not like absolutely amazing a list it is solid b and it is fabulous
0: awesome so you talking about this made me think of something that i wanted to ask brady because I, I think we watched this when brady was gone i think brady would really like it on apple tv
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, apple tv plus there's a tv show called silo
2: <gasps> yes
0: have you watched that or do you know list I'm talking about
2: I watched the first two episodes okay. and I immediately stopped watching it because it was so stinking good that I wanted to watch it with my wife. Oh, I okay, haven't yes. watched it. Okay. So I, I, yes. it's one of those shows that that looked so good and I was I was so enthralled that I had to like physically restrain myself from going <laughs> next episode. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's a good TV series. Yeah. yeah the it's, uh, it's
1: on my list. I, yeah. This is my Apple TV list.
0: Oh yeah. Um, yes. pretty
1: much like I might. I don't know.
0: So uh, the finale of get,
1: when that whole sticky pad the, gets filled up, I'll f- probably get the Apple. The finale
0: TV. of uh, the finale of Silo season one is fantastic. I wouldn't say it's at the same level as. Um, uh, Foundation? No, 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 no.
3: Uh, um, for
0: all mankind? Severance. Severance. Oh, oh okay. it's not—it's not, it's not quite season one uh, finale, Severance level, but it does get kind of close to that. So, that's
2: a pretty high bar. I mean, no, no, no. no it's a super high yeah. bar. Yeah, Severance.
0: Yeah, yeah but that's uh, why I
3: didn't even come up with Severance as like yeah. an yeah. equivalent. But
0: yeah, it's—it's it's fun. I and I, I think you'd really like it. And then, yeah, Foundation season two has come out. We're we're about two or three episodes into it so far.
2: Same here. We're about
0: two yeah. or three episodes. In. Yeah.
3: The morning show, which isn't nerdy, but season We're three four is out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. Okay. All right, all right. All right.
0: All right. Okay. I want to talk about what's nerdy with me. Okay. So I had a revelation, a nerdy revelation yesterday. And and Amanda and I started talking about it. And I realized, wait, a minute, this is straight up podcast talk and I need I need to save it. All right, so here's what it is. I had a revelation concerning the state of Star Wars. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm gonna try to keep this short. It could almost be its own main event. That's kind I, of if profound. It, if it really...
2: That's like a profound thing just to bring up. I, oh. I know. I
0: know. Okay. Okay. So check wow. this out. Okay, so so I need to talk about uh, Ahsoka. Uh, episode six. And, um, and so there's gonna be a little bit of spoiler warnings for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, but I'm going to keep it, uh, pretty, pretty shy. Uh, long story short. Um, there is, oh, I and I just forgot the name of it. I can't believe I just forgot the name of it. Um, so in, in episode six, there is a, uh, a, a temple with the night sisters that uh, on this new planet i'm trying to keep it sort of vague if you've seen mm-hmm. it you know what i'm talking about you don't you don't need to know much more than that but there is some uh ancient symbols on this uh on this uh uh temple and there's some writing above it and the writing is in sith uh sith uh, sanskrit and people have, uh, people have uh, decoded it or or translated it and actually figured out what it talks about, and uh, and it actually talks about this ancient um, force using like king, who uh, of, is of this other race of this other uh, galaxy. They 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 use the force, but they don't even call it the force. They call it uh, the uh, the life wind. And uh, the story behind this uh, ancient race, alien race, is that um, they ended up. They they were pretty like they weren't as advanced in their force uh, understanding as say the Sith or even the uh, the Night Sisters um and so they didn't really have a light side or a dark side to the force wind they just kind of recognized the force wind well they ended up getting some interactions with the sith and after hanging out with the sith they started basically turning dark side and this uh this king or whatever um created like his own like little empire and uh kind of uh the Sanskrit on the uh, the temple uh, basically talks about his kingdom's reign and how it should last forever and all sorts of stuff and um and this this uh ancient race uh, possibly in connection with the Night sisters uh and the sith created the world between worlds like that's how these that's how the world between worlds kind of was created is is because uh they, they actually don't, like, we refer to it as the world between worlds, but they referred to it as the the threads of destiny. Because if you think about the world between worlds, it kind of looks like threads going to all these different points of time. And so, the uh, they were kind of like one of the architects of this. And that was kind of their big, major contribution to the galaxy uh, and the Force and uh, and all this stuff. Like... And so, so, and what's interesting is when you go back to episode six and you see the Sisters, they actually, they, two separate times, they refer to the thread of destiny and they just kind of leave it like that. But, and, and so you're like, oh, what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about the world between worlds. Huh. Okay. All right. So, so that's kind of where we're at in Ahsoka right now. And I want to pause to talk about what I really want to talk about, the state of Star Wars. Okay. Now, I Dave Filoni is heavily involved in Ahsoka and what's going on in the state of Star Wars right now. And what I realized compared to what we're seeing in Star Wars now versus the early days uh, and years of Disney Star Wars is we're seeing what's been missing. And that was depth. Like me just talking about everything I had to talk about, like I had to go deep. To show where the story is kind of pulling from and and all the interesting parts are kind of, you know, happening. But like episode seven, eight, nine, I love Rogue One, but it was a very linear story. There wasn't a tremendous amount of depth to it. It it, It was a good story.
3: It it did kind of pull from some areas. but
0: It had to be the opening scroll to episode four. Look, I'm not, I'm not beating up Rogue One at all. It was perfect for what it needed to be. It needed to be the opening scroll of Star Wars to introduce Episode Four. But what I what I'm really saying is none of the none of Disney's Star Wars. I mean, even I mean, let's be honest. Even some of the Mandalorian, like there isn't a tremendous amount of depth that is being. Andor. <laughs> there isn't Andor. To, no, I'm sorry. I don't think Andor has a lot of depth. Andor has good acting. But uh, but it's it's still a linear story. I, I think
3: Andor will have more depth. It just, th- I think
0: it's it's it has character development. Yeah, it has it has rich character development, but it but it doesn't have it doesn't have the lore. It doesn't have the it it doesn't make the it doesn't make the universe feel bigger. And that's what like all of episodes four, five, and six, and even to an extent one, two, and three did. They made the universe feel bigger. And so when I when I go back and I watch a lot of the other Disney Star Wars, like I see at the beginning, like there there wasn't as much depth, and over the years it's slowly gotten deeper and deeper to where we're at now. So that's what I wanted to say.
2: <laughs> I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on Andor. <laughs> However, yeah, you, you always liked
0: Andor more than I did. <laughs>
2: however, I will also say that I think you're spot on with the Star Wars universe as a whole and what it's missing. And yeah, I, I haven't gotten that far in Ahsoka yet, um, but but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that and to see some of that depth and development come back in.
0: Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. It'll be pretty cool. Okay, all right, we're 20 minutes in with me b- blabbling for the last 10 minutes. We've got some nerd news to talk about, so we're going to get into it. Here we go.
4: Many Bothans died to bring us this information.
0: Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Doctor Who has released their full trailer for their upcoming 60th anniversary specials. That's right. The latest trailer for the Doctor Who 60th anniversary episodes has many of us fans excited by hinting at the return of a formidable adversary set to challenge the 14th Doctor played once again by David Tennant reuniting with Tennant is Catherine Tate stepping back into her role as Donna Noble together they venture on a thrilling journey through the cosmos to confront the toy maker portrayed by Neil Patrick Harris this powerful antagonist, hasn't made an appearance in Doctor Who since 1966. Gemma Redgrave also revisits her character Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, head of unit, adding more depth to the story as they delve into the Doctor's encounter with this past nemesis. Speaking on the forthcoming episode's showrunner, Russell T Davies shared, quote, This is just a start. As the fever starts to burn, we're headed for a November full of Doctor Who surprises for fans and new viewers alike. Stay alert. These special episodes commemorating the show's 60th anniversary will be released this November with three special episodes titled The Star Beast, Wild Blue Yonder, and The Giggle. Let's take a listen to this and uh, talk about the trailer afterwards. Here we go.
4: Sometimes I think there's something missing. Like I had something lovely. And it's gone. While I'm in bed thinking, what have I lost? No other friend called Donna Noble. I had to wipe her memory to save her life. If she remembers me, she will die. So what happens next? A spaceship crashes right in front of her. It's like she's drawing us in. What the hell? We've got a bloody Martian in the shade! Don't look! Meet me. oh, Here we go again. I don't believe in destiny, but if destiny exists... ...then it is heading for Donna Noble. And I've got a memory. After a very long time, something's coming back are they? Monsters. <laughs> There's something so bad that TARDIS ran away. Yes. Then we go and kick its off. Kate Lethbridge Stewart! What do we do this time, Doctor? How do we fight the human race? Something entered this world. Oh, but he is recognizing me. Who oh, is he? The waits.
1: um i'm really excited for this and got reminded again i need to catch up on doctor who i started earlier this year and then i stopped i got distracted by other things and i'm like ooh, i need to jump back on that because i do want to catch up but oh my gosh i was laughing so hard when donna noble's like screaming about the martian because that just made me oh, think, yeah. like flashback <laughs> to her calling the doctor earth man and even throwing out Martian every now and then. I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh I'm interested in this toy maker. Apparently, he's yeah. uh, scary scary enough to make the TARDIS run away. I don't even right? know what to say about that. Oh, no.
1: That you know, that's going to be crazy stuff when the TARDIS bails.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the yeah, and for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I know nothing about this toy maker. The fact that he's a, yeah. the fact yeah. that he uh, is an actual um, uh, legacy Doctor Who character already. Nineteen sixty six is last portrayal. I find that all really interesting. And uh, you know, I'm kind of one of these Doctor Who fans that has kind of lost its mo- his momentum, like many others. Uh, and this does make me more interested in getting back into Doctor Who. Uh, but I, I just don't know about this new doctor. Um, if I'll actually stay with it so afterwards, or if just I'm just here for we David. We bond
3: to the doctors that we really like, but at the same time, uh, yeah. they have to be written well. And I we think that with Jodie Whitaker. yeah, Jodie Whitaker was uh, fantastic. I loved her as the doctor. She did yeah. such a good job.
0: She did actually, but
3: the writing was not there.
0: Indeed. And
3: what what I was thinking of is how they're bringing back this legacy character. And it's showing that the legacy characters are, like, they can work with those. They don't have to rewrite the entire history of Doctor Who, which is what they tried to do under Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. And that is what turned me off the most is that they were trying to do this whole rewrite when they have such a rich history to mine from and it's kind of like the rumors going on about the Witcher how the write- the writers for the Witcher don't like their um, the original content it's a the rumor rewind. i don't yeah. even know but that's how it felt like once I, I realized that that's how doctor who kind of felt is that they didn't like their history so they wanted to rewrite it Instead of actually loving what they did, loving the show they worked on, if they don't like it, find some other
0: job. We love the show. Give us the show we love. It did feel like that to a certain extent. All right, let's move on. We got a lot to cover. The full trailer for Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, has been released. Lionsgate has unveiled a fresh trailer for the forthcoming. Hunger Games prequel the narrative delves deep into the early phases of the Hunger Games and marks the ascent of Cornelius Snow did i say that right yeah the plot
3: it's i think it's like i i don't even know okay. cuz well i found out i pronounced it wrong watching the trailer and i was like eh i don't care
0: the plot centers around a young cornelius who is the last hope for his failing lineage the once proud snow family has had that oh my word sure you have to you have to congratulate me and now my now i'm getting all (laughs) tongue-tied the once once proud snow family have you missed this brady the once proud snow family that has fallen from grace in a post-war capital with his livelihood threatened snow is reluctantly assigned to mentor lucy gray baird as tribute from the impoverished District 12, the official description states, quote, uh, But after Lucy Gray's charm captivates the audience of Panam, Snow seems sees an opportunity to shift their fates. With everything he has worked for hanging in the balance, Snow unites with Lucy Gray to turn the odds in their favor, battling his instincts for both good and evil, Snow sets out on a race against time to survive and reveal if he will ultimately become a songbird or a snake. Uh, This is directed by franchise veteran, Francis Lawrence, The Hunger Games Ballad of Songbird and Snakes is slated for a theatrical release of November 17th, 2023. Let's take a listen to this trailer and talk about it afterwards. Here we go.
1: We're live!
4: Mr. Snow, after everything you've seen out there in the world, what are the Hunger Games for? Are you. are you. coming to the tree? The Hunger Games are to punish the districts. Those tributes don't have a choice role is to turn these children into spectacles, not survivors.
0: We're live!
4: Smile. It's why we have teeth. Imagine it was your name that they pulled. Strange things happen here. I just want to know that somebody still cared about me. That I was still of value. Welcome to the capital. You look like you shouldn't be here. I shouldn't, but I'm your mentor. A rebel. I am going to get you out of here. You want to protect people. And it's essential to accept what human beings are. And what it takes to control them. Let's see you use that famous Snow charm. You seem like a good man, Coilina Snow. I have seen what war does to people. Fueled with the terror of becoming prey. See how quickly we become predator. I want my enemies to see a rainbow of destruction engulfing the world. Monsters, all of you!
2: Good luck with that poor little songbird. Where is she? It's a mystery. And mysteries have a way of driving people
4: bad <laughs> Mr. Snow let me ask you one final time what are the Hunger Games for? No hanging
3: Okay, I was trying to get my daughter into reading the Hunger Games, and she wasn't going for it. So I introduced the movies to her, and then she bought all the books. All the movies
1: are well done;
3: they are well done. Did she read this book too? She has not read this book. I, I don't think she has yet. My problem is my momentum with the series died when they split the last book for the movies. Like, once they did that and they didn't, like, they, they go for the whole, yeah, we're going to make more money by splitting the last book in two. And I'm-
1: well, it looks like they're, oh, sorry, finish. No, go on. No, I, I was going to say, it looks like they are not doing that with this one. Because um, mm. I read the book last year. No, mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Um, except the end fe- felt really rushed. Mm. um i was kind of sad by that because i liked what was going on and i kind of the ending was very rushed but i was like you know what i'm fine like i'm not going to complain too much about it but this this the trailer shows parts that are from later in the book um Mm -hmm. so it looks i'm like this is covering the book they're not splitting into two movies um so we are getting one movie out of one book here. Yeah. But well, I'm I'm looking I, forward to it. But yeah. My
3: problem is it 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 completely slowed my interest for the whole IP. And so I'm having a really hard time. I'm like, it looks good, but I still haven't seen the fourth Hunger Game movie.
0: Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> so it was all because they split it up too. We were mad. Yeah. I like, I, well, I it wasn't so
3: it. much I was mad as I lost,
0: lost interest. Interest. Yeah. That so
3: I, I'm I'm hoping my daughter will get me back interested in it by reading it and making me go see it with her.
0: All right, let's move on. DCU's James Gunn shares Superman movie story influences. James Gunn recently took to social media to shed light on the inspiration behind his upcoming movie, Superman Legacy, revealing a significant comic influence for his project. Gunn shared the comic series Superman for All Seasons as that influence. He expressed his admiration for the comic series in a post recently saying, quote, just received this stunningly gorgeous absolute edition ...of Superman for all seasons, one of my favorite Superman stories, and a huge influence on Legacy, meaning the upcoming Superman Legacy, and a strangely perfect bookend with all-star Superman. The late, great Tim Sayles artwork and Bjarn Hansen's watercolor work has never looked better, nor have Clark and Ma and Pa. Jeff Loeb's elegant, confident story still... End quote. So for those curious about the possible influence, this comic book series may have, on the upcoming film, Superman, for all ages, chronicles some of the seminal moments in Superman's life. The comic is segmented into four distinct tales. These stories navigate Clark's evolving relationship with his powers, his bond to Smallville the profound impact of individuals like his parents, Lois Lane, and uh, Lana Lang Lang in his life, and his confrontations with his nemesis, Lex Luthor. Interestingly, this influential comic book also played a role shaping the popular 2000s TV series, Smallville. Superman Legacy is poised to spearhead the cinematic segment of DC Studios' ambitious projects gods and monsters part one production is slated to kick off in early 2024 with a cinematic premiere set for july 11th 2025 brady what do you think of this
2: so you know this is uh, i don't know why i start everything with so anyway um this this is actually good i think um looking at this influence and talking about um it hitting the high points Uh, You know, it chronicling some of the seminal moments, I think is what they said. I think if they're going to be building that universe, obviously Superman is going to be the spearhead of that. And it's, I think, at first impression of this, it makes me think, okay, they're building a solid foundation, right? Because they're filling in all this information about Superman from the past as it exists in this extended universe, and I think that, um, yeah, I think I think it's great. I think for them to go back to that material and hit some of those high points, um, and clarify where it sits within that new universe is essential to being foundational for that build building. That's my thought,
0: anyway. Yeah, I um, the the you know the one thing that made me curious is you know this superman for all seasons is broken up into four distinct stories are we gonna get four distinct stories in the movie or are they gonna try to blend it somehow i don't know i i don't want four superman movies in one because that's kind of what uh superman or or man of steel felt like a little bit so
2: yeah you know (sighs) Do we even know? Who, are, is there a rumor on who's playing the new Superman?
0: Oh yeah, no. They, they've officially cast the new dude, and what's who's funny it? about it, he actually looks kind of like a slightly younger version of Henry Cavill. So,
2: um, what's oh Henry Cavill's going to be the new Bond? I think anyway. Um, what's No, the, I don't know. Uh, this happening.
0: <laughs>
2: thank God. What's the actor's name? Or I'll look it up. But yeah, yeah. I'm I to mean, it I think that, like I said, I think it's. I don't know. I, I, I think it's a good thing altogether.
0: The new Superman actor is David uh, sweat if that's how you pronounce his name.
3: Hmm. All, all I know is that they have Rachel Brosnan uh, playing Lois Lane, yes. and I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, you know who that is, Brady, from uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: they've got the actress for Marvelous Miss Maisel playing Lois Lane. She's going to be perfect. Like one of the most perfect actresses ever for Lois Lane. He does look like a young Henry Cowell. Yeah, a little bit. All right, moving on. Invincible Creator says the TV show will be seven to eight seasons long. Robert Kirkman, the genius behind the acclaimed superhero animation TV series and comic book series Invincible, recently spilled the beans on what's in store for the series' second season and shared insights into his vision for the show's future. In a recent chat with Polygon, Kirkman shed light on the trajectory he envisions for the TV series, saying, quote, I'm trying not to pin it down to a number because it is somewhat of a moving target. I think in the seven to eight season range, seems like it would be enough, but there could be some things we move through a little faster, some things we expand. If we're fortunate enough to to go for a good long time, I think... That would be enough to cover the entire comic series. And there are some things along the way that didn't get into the comic that I would like to do. I think it'd be cool to have some episodes here and there that are completely original. So that's part of the plan moving forward, end quote. So at the heart of Invincible is the story of Mark Grayson. He's navigating life as a typical 17-year-old with one major exception. His father, Omni-Man, is the most formidable superhero in existence. The climax of the inaugural season was jaw-dropping, revealing, this is a spoiler if you haven't seen it yet, which you should, skip ahead a few seconds, the climax of the inaugural season was jaw-dropping, revealing, spoiler warning, Omni-Man's Sinister Motivations. Fans are eagerly waiting for what unfolds in the upcoming season. The much-anticipated second season of, of Invincible is set to premiere on Amazon Prime on November 3rd, and you can watch Atom Eve, a, a preview episode of Season 2, already on Amazon Prime right now. You can watch it right now. Amanda, what do you think of this?
3: I am super, super excited for... Invincible season two,
0: November we, 3rd, right around the corner. Yeah,
3: we have not watched Adam Eve yet. Uh, but that one looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I absolutely thrilled seven to eight seasons. Well, it's, it's
0: a long comic book series.
3: Well, I'm excited because yeah. I'm not being allowed to read it because Austin thinks that would give me spoilers.
0: Brady you know, at
2: all. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, you I, did. I stopped where season one stopped. Ooh. And it was very difficult to do. And, yes, it I, is. But I, I decided that for this one, I because it exists in such a bubble, um, I know nothing about Invincible because there are no tie-ins anywhere else, anything else that I consume. I was going to try and avoid spoilers with this one. This is the, this is the only show I can think of that I've ever really tried to avoid spoilers on.
0: This it's a really good TV series and it's mm-hmm. a really good comic book series, and uh, I have read the it's an, in, read it in its entirety, um, and it stays pretty solid throughout, um, and it introduces some cool things, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this next season. Um, one of my favorite villains. Is not It hasn't even shown up yet, and it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be pretty cool. So November 3rd, right around the corner, definitely check it out. All right, let's move along. Stranger Things is getting a prequel stage play called Stranger Things, The First Shadow. Netflix has announced a Stranger Things stage play coming to London that will be a prequel called Stranger Things The First Shadow. With the announcement, Netflix released a photo showcasing the cast. The ensemble cast includes notable names such as Shane Atwell, playing Chief Hopper, Kemi Aroduru, playing Sue Anderson, Chase Brown, playing Lonnie Byers, and many others. The play's synopsis is as follows. Hawkins, 1959, a regular town with regular worries. Young, Jim Hopper's car won't start. Bob Newby's sister won't take his radio show seriously. And Joyce Maldonado just wants to graduate and get out of town. When new student Henry Creel arrives, his family finds that a fresh start isn't so easy. And the shadows of the past have a very long reach. Stranger Things, the first Shadow, is set to premiere at the Phoenix Theater in London's West End on December 14th.
1: Well, I hope that winds up in the U.S. because I would really like to see this. Oh, well, um, I'm sure it will. I, it better. <laughs> it better. I want to see this. I'm curious about it. Because, um, yeah, like this sounds like it's definitely going to tie in what we learned from the fourth season with Henry Creel yeah. as Vecna. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. It's one of those things I'm like, don't know what much to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, just like, just come to the U S please. Like, that's all I, I want. <laughs> I, find
0: it, I find it interesting that, um, like, I, I wonder if Netflix and things are doing, um, plays as almost a, uh, like a, a test run to see if these things are popular enough and the story is crafted well enough that they could actually maybe bring it to Netflix itself. I don't, I can't see Netflix, oh, Netflix I see. Bringing, yeah. not bringing this to uh, to Netflix uh, and just keeping oh, kind it a stage play.
1: Kind of like what they, like, are you thinking either they'll like turn it into an actual TV series or a movie or probably a yes. movie It being a stage play or like they'll, they'll do like what the, is like what they did with hamilton where yeah, the play okay. was filmed and then they brought it to it to so the here's the thing with streaming stage services. plays.
3: stage plays cannot be put on a streaming service they you have to pay tickets to go see it
0: well hamilton and, came well, to, hamilton was well, put
3: on disney plus but after how many years
0: i i think oh it was i think it years. will be re- yeah. i think it will what, what so, I was referring right. to is a, a readaption of the play into an actual TV series yeah
3: but here's the thing is they can make all this money off of the live performances before they ever well, yeah and, and it, it's a it's a new way of making money that they're looking at
0: yeah and I think it's a pilot uh, like a instead of doing a pi- a soft pilot on, of a new TV series on Netflix they I think people are starting to do it on uh, in play because I think they can uh, get away with more things without uh, <clears throat> negative publicity, uh, killing, killing a TV show's momentum before they can get it up and running. Especially with a franchise that's giant for Netflix like Stranger Things, they want to protect it as much as possible. So I could see them doing a play as a soft pilot almost for a TV series.
3: I don't know.
1: Or they've been listening to me whining how I don't have enough theater since moving out to the boonies (laughs) of California, and I really miss the theater (laughs) because I love going to the theater. It's my favorite. I love going.
0: Yeah. Like
1: professional and community. I love it.
0: All right. Let's move on. Netflix Daredevil showrunner is calling the upcoming Disney Plus Daredevil TV series A Disney scam. So Netflix Daredevil enjoyed a successful three-season tenure before its cancellation, along with other Marvel titles on the platform like Iron Fist and Jessica Jones. Subsequently, Marvel Studios and Disney unveiled plans for a rebooted title, Daredevil Born Again. Featuring the same Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio reprising their roles as Daredevil and Kingpin. However, this news was met with some mixed reactions recently, especially from one involved with the original Netflix series. One disgruntled crew member expressed on social media, quote, I worked on all of the Netflix Marvel shows, which all were canceled in season two or three. Our contracts only give us full vacation pay, like 36 cents per hour worked or some crap, on season three shows. Four years of work, I never got a raise or vacation pay, like 20 grand. He then tagged Netflix Daredevil showrunner Stephen DeKnight stating, quote, And not only did they cancel Daredevil once crew got full raise and holiday vacation pay, the Disney Plus reboot is back to season one contract terms. It's a freaking scam. I wonder if Stephen DeKnight knows that. So here he is tagging the original showrunner. So in comes the original showrunner, Stephen DeKnight, to talk about all this. Quote, he says, he does referencing does he know excuse me does he know about this he does it's an old disney scam where they slightly rename a series to reset contract terms back to season 1 needs to be addressed by all of the guilds and unions and crushed to be clear i can't wait to see charlie cox and the amazing vincent d'onofrio reprise their iconic roles but to claim this is a complete reboot and you don't have to pay the original creatives is some corporate shenanigans to say the least, end quote. Well, the new series penned and produced by Matt Corman and Chris Ord is slated for September 2024 release. Brady, what do you think of all this?
2: You know, at first I was like, whatever. But then the more and more you read, (laughs) I don't know that, I, I, a scam is a pretty loaded term so i don't know that i'd call it a scam but the corporate shenanigans thing um i think that's very appropriate you know they've they exploit some loophole to get out of paying you know paying based on previous content and that's kind of well it's kind of cr- crummy I but heard, I, yeah. it doesn't surprise me coming from disney
1: yeah, I've had mm. heard what this coming with some of their. I I have heard of this happening with some of the other Disney shows that they would like just re like do exactly what they did here. It's like Daredevil re like reboot or kind of thing. They would just keep the same title, but they would tag on something else like now in Miami or now in Hollywood, and that would consider it a new season, so they could reset mm. those contract terms, kind of thing. Like I have, mm. I recently heard about this with like all the. Writers and actors strikes
3: and all that. And I was just like, ooh, yeah, that's low.
2: Yeah, hopefully they're addressing that.
3: Well, the thing with this is it is a corporate issue because they had to wait so long but because of the Netflix contract. And so they're also dealing with the fact that they did not have a actual real like incorporated universe with the TV shows when they made um, Daredevil. And so now they're reformatting and changing things around. So they are changing it. I get where people are upset. I'm just... I think there's so much minutia in the contracts that I can't really agree or disagree with anybody.
0: It puts a, but it does put a little bit of a a dark blight on what would otherwise be a really exciting, uh, you know, coming back of Daredevil. Because Charlie Cox was excellent. Everybody's excited to see him and Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin. I mean, he is Kingpin. Um, But now I'm going to be like, oh man, everybody's getting screwed a little bit. But I guess I maybe mean, that's why everybody's striking so much. Yeah. Well,
3: we also know that Disney is losing a lot of money on Disney+. Plus. And how is Disney going to streamline cost of shows to keep Disney+. Plus Profitable. And yeah. that is also in the mix of everything as well. Because how are they going to pay for things if they're not bringing in the money needed to pay for things?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I
2: didn't know they were having profitability issues.
0: Yeah, they, they are. Um, that's part of the reason why Disney plus has started canceling and removing some TV shows from its. You, you uh, can't
3: even watch the Willow TV yeah, the series. new. They
0: took it. They took it. They killed it and removed it from Disney Plus after its first month. And part of the the reason for that is because I guess every time somebody watches a TV show, they have to pay out uh, royalties to all those involved. But if they just completely remove the uh, TV series altogether, then they don't have to pay out anything else anymore. And so it's like like, uh, Disney Plus got what they wanted out of Willow Season 1, even as... Unfortunately, bad as it was, um, but they didn't want they didn't want to have to you know pay any more for it, so they just removed it, and that's why they've been removing a lot of the stuff. Apparently, that's how the streaming services work, hmm. uh, which really doesn't make any sense. It's like we're going to make this TV show for our stream for our network or stream service, and then we're just going to kill it after a month. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. There's Anyways,
1: the, there's the vindictive part of me that's like, if I had known that, I would have watched Willow a lot just to force them
3: to pay out to well, the actors and actresses. But here's yeah. the same at the same time, if they have enough people watching the show and coming to the streaming service for the show, the show's worth it. Yeah. But if the show isn't bringing enough people, it becomes really hard on the service. It does. So that's the balance there. Uh, yes, I want people to get paid for their work. But we also have to balance whether the show can, the, the streaming service can even stay alive. And that's why I don't want to take sides with anybody. Because I know it's a complicated process. And I'm hoping they can figure it out and work it out. Because they know the details you know, and I don't.
0: I, I haven't heard a lot of people say this before. Uh, if somebody has said this before, then I'll give them credit. But... I don't know if streaming services really work. i gotta be honest with you um it se- it seems like uh a business model that only produces very low profitability um because now instead of you know going to a movie and paying like twenty twenty bucks at you know for for Amanda and I to go see it, I'm now only paying like Fifteen bucks a month for the entire family to watch like fifty shows, or whatever. And so, I've always wondered about that. And I, it, it, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is that going? It's, it's to a cause. Co- it's a COVID thing.
3: Well, is it? I, I don't see streaming services ever going anywhere. But the question becomes: Are they going to be profitable enough to continue making shows at the same level or paying the same wages that they've been paying? <laughs> Yeah. Our contracts going to have to look different, and it's going to be a balancing act between everybody. And once again, that's why I was like, I, I, I understand what pe- what the writers and actors are saying, and I also look at the business end of it.
0: Well, that's that's why there, that's why a lot and, of these streaming services are reintroducing commercials, even if you're a paid subscriber.
3: Well, I will say this, and they the. Um, the writers and actors have been saying this. Maybe the executives also need to take a pay cut. Yeah, maybe to keep profitability.
2: Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's maybe. hard
3: for me to feel bad for Disney when they're like, "We're
1: losing three billion dollars." I'm like, mm, <laughs> "Yeah, oh, I'm so sorry, I you CEOs. Paying? You're losing your billions of dollars, mm. and I'm sitting over here. You know, my family and I, we're trying to make just ends meet."
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of making ends meet, no ends are sharper than Wolverine's claws. I had to wow. really work. I had to really work at that segue. Let's jump into our main event. We had our honeymoon on Alderon. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley.
4: You have no idea what you're dealing
0: with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park? And so means it is time for our event: The Wolverine 10th Anniversary!
4: Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Where are you? I'm so
0: sorry,
4: I'll never hurt you, or anyone, ever again. It's too late. No! You geez. can't hide. No, no. I've been trying to find the Wolverine for over a year. Not who I am anymore.
3: My employer wants to say thank you for saving his life all those years ago.
4: of the time when our enemy is new honor. I wanted to offer you something no one else can. A gift you have struggled long enough. I can end your eternity. Make you mortal. What they did to me what I am be undone. Don't be so sure. am not healing like before. His flesh is weak now. Eternity can be a curse. A man can run out of things to live for.
0: special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button we really really appreciate you please help us get the word out tell a friend about the podcast i want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already come on do it you'll get plus 10 Nerd nerd xp all right the wolverine you know what's interesting about this movie let's be honest how many how many people forgot this movie existed
3: me, <laughs> Me.
0: <laughs> You know, and it's weird because like this movie came out at this weird junction in superhero movies where like it came out after uh, Fox did all their X-Men movies and before the MCU really found its stride and uh, before the Avengers came out. Well, they, and then they, they
3: do it also before the X-Men prequels. No, it was yes, during it, those, you know. I thought.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it and, was during and, those, because the next one, sorry, talking and, over the next one, I think, was Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, and but what's so funny is everybody remembers hating X-Men Origins Wolverine, and everybody remembers loving Logan, and then they forget that there was this other movie called The Wolverine. And I got to be honest with you, of of the three, it's my favorite. Like it's 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 what the uh it's what X Men Origins Wolverine should have been, and it's like they they took the material uh seriously and was like producing this serious comic book movie, um and. And somehow, like, everybody loved it at the time. Like, it didn't really get a lot of – it didn't get bad reviews. But for some reason, it just kind of slipped out of our minds completely. Maybe it's just because so many Marvel movies came out. I don't know. I don't
1: know. Well, it was funny because when we decided we were going to talk about this, I was just like, <laughs> okay, is this one when he's in Japan or is it one I haven't seen? Because I – of those three, the this the Wolverine is the only one I've seen. I haven't seen the other two.
0: Oh, you haven't? Oh. I have not.
1: Like wow. I think I don't remember what was going on, but I didn't see the other ones. But I saw you, this. You still one. haven't seen them? I still have not. Yeah, Ooh. just because I keep forgetting them. But yeah, so this one it was like, oh yeah, the Wolverine, and it was one of those things I was like, okay, I'm gonna like I started watching the first little bit later after watching Ahsoka late at night. And I was like, okay, let me see if this is the one I remembered. And when it starts off with him in Nagasaki with the bomb drop, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the one I like. I like this one. Cause it's in Japan this and there's a lot one. of great Japanese stuff in there that I absolutely love. And so, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. X-Men origins. The Wolverine was just bad. Like they did not do a good job with it. Um, and I don't really know why, like, like I, I saw that once in the theaters and I haven't seen it again. Uh Logan was very good, but it was a very different kind of uh, superhero movie. Um,
2: a little while back, I went back and watched all of the X Men and Wolverine movies. Mm-hmm. And everything. But it's been so long that this one kind of, when you say people forgot about it, you're not you're not wrong on that because it just kind of melded in with everything
0: else. It did.
2: But refreshing on it, I do remember really liking it.
0: Oh yeah, no this is a this is a solid This is a really solid superhero film. And for for people who are getting Marvel fatigue, like if like if you go back and watch this movie, you won't have Marvel fatigue. Like Yeah, there's... no, it
1: was it was refreshing and it actually has yes. a really good plot twist in it. It does. Like it was one of those things like it had been long enough that I forgot and it was just like, "Whoa." I was like, "Oh, I forgot about that." But yeah, that was good. <laughs>
0: And 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 what's interesting about this? This goes a little bit into what I was saying. Like it, it does. It did not have a very flat, linear storyline. It it didn't have a ton of depth, but it did have a lot more depth than most Marvel movies have these days. And that I think is what makes it so refreshing and fun to watch. Is like, hey, look, there's some substance here. Um. So so with that said. I haven't seen this movie in about a year.
3: <laughs> Amanda's never seen it. No. I've seen it but it was 10 I years saw ago it when I well, I had a baby and like I, the okay, I watched all of the um straight Doctor Strange in the hospital after oh, i had a right. baby and i have <laughs> i know i watched it but i have no memory of watching the movie at that point
0: apparently if you give a birth to a baby uh relatively soon you don't really remember anything so afterwards. it was
3: around the time i was What's having on <laughs> until yeah. i saw it so i have very little memory of the movie but
0: you know what what was so what was so good about this is that it you know the whole movie centers as a refresher on Wolverine's uh uh relationship with a Japanese World War II soldier throughout the uh the decades uh uh dur- during the during the war and decades after the war and um and it and it presents a really interesting character challenge to Wolverine that none of the other movies presented. And that was Wolverine. If you want, I can help you be mortal again. Like you don't have to go through this endless cycle of, of, uh, you know, you know, you, you can have, you can be mortal. And that, that that's actually tempting. Like I could, I can take your powers away so you can actually live a full life and die with, uh, with some sort of meaning in, to it. And, um, and so you have to, you have to watch Wolverine wrestle and grapple with this, uh, with this choice all throughout the movie. And I remember, I remember sitting back as a audience member and I'm kind of like, well, I can understand why Wolverine might want to do this, but as a fan of Wolverine, I don't want him to do this, but but the movie is kind of showing it in such a way that maybe maybe it is good for Wolverine. And because I like Wolverine, maybe it's a good choice. But no, I don't want it to be a good choice. Anyway, so so it puts you as an audience member in that position. And it's a lot of fun.
1: But it makes it all the more meaningful. And here's the depth you were talking about. Yes. Because at the very end, when he's laying there and he has his final vision of Jean, and she's like saying, hey, you can come now. Because up until then, she's like, no, you can't come. You can't come. You, like Pretty much you can't cross over into the afterlife and join me. And at the very end there, she's just like, okay, you can come now. And then Logan, he says, no. Like, he finds, he understands, like, life is worth living, even when you cannot die. And he's just like, no. And so this, like, you know, what he's been wanting throughout the whole movie is yes. just to, like, die and be with Jean Grey. He finally says no to that. Yeah. And, like, turns his back on that. Because he's like under, and I think that's what makes this so good, is because of that internal conflict, which I absolutely love. I love stories that dive deep into the human psyche kind of thing. And like this one just does such a good job of doing that.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, when was the last time we've talked with this depth about... I don't know, the latest Ant Man movie. <laughs>
1: like Ant Man, like, Ant Man, was... we were wanting them to go that way and they yes. didn't. Like we were wishing they had gone that way. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, like so far. Marvel everything, in general. The Marvel in general, we've been wanting them to go that way and they ha- they keep pulling back on it. They keep they they backpedal because they don't want to cross that line. And it's just like, no, like it's not it's good storytelling, like good story
3: The problem you know. is yeah. On the sequels to these movies, they are too busy introducing new characters to give established characters character development.
0: Well, I mean, they introduced new characters in The Wolverine for its time, well, it, and it still worked really yeah, well. Yeah, but
3: I'm saying so You're that meaning the other Marvel movies, movies, right? Is that what you're all saying? The Marvel movies. Yeah. They're sure. so busy trying to establish their new characters, like an Ant-Man they were really trying to establish um, Ant-Man's daughter and they wouldn't give him any development with that.
0: Yeah. You know, um,
1: you're making a point. They're hyper-focused on this whole like phase, the big storyline they want to craft, which they did really well with like phase one when it led up to Avengers. And I can like say, you know, I felt like they did a pretty good job up until infinity wars. And now I feel like they're well, so hyper focused on it that it's like, I don't
0: know. Age of Ultron was a bit of a disappointment, uh, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it, was. it wasn't nearly as, as stunted as the MCU feels now. Yes. Um, And, and so that's why if, if you don't really remember the Wolverine that that well, it's its tenth anniversary. Go back and watch it again. You might actually find yourself really enjoying a Marvel film again.
1: Well, like um, I said, it has like great plot twists. Like you have this thing where Logan comes back, finds out that this guy, Yashida, or yeah, Yashida, his granddaughter's in danger because she's been like a tar- she's a target. Mm-hmm. And you find out, spoiler warning, that it's her father trying to off her because her his his father, Yashida, is like making her heir to his company and she doesn't want it. And so like the father's trying to off his daughter. And in the meantime, the grandfather has been he has a secret building up in his hometown and he's been figuring out pretty much how to become Logan and sees his mutant powers. Yeah. And as a result, like, even though his granddaughter thinks he died, he actually did not. He's alive in this silver samurai made of adamantium. Yep. And it's just, like, it was such <laughs> this really cool, twisty, complicated yes. with the plot. Like, I had completely forgot that the grandfather well, was in the suit of armor yeah. until, like, it was revealed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that.
0: It, w- yeah, <laughs> like, it was and a
1: good plot twist.
0: <laughs> the... I keep, I keep emphasizing the, because I just find, I don't know, the (laughs) the Batman, the Wolverine, the, they take the audience, uh, they, they, they entreat the audience, uh, as if we're all mature and smart and we can follow along. And so they, they don't, they don't dumb things down and they just go for it. And I like that. Um,
1: humor is tasteful. It's not intrusive or jarring mm because there were some funny parts. But they were yeah. like, "Well done."
0: Yeah, and um, you know, it it, it plays off uh, some Wolverine comics that did really, really well, mm-hmm. and because yep. um, you know Wolverine had a, a stent in Japan, and so so this it just it just works for his character with uh, Wolverine being so loyal um, and and respectful in that manner uh, concerning loyalty, because I mean that's kind of found in japanese culture and um so it works really well and 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 that loyalty comes uh at the very beginning of the movie uh with that awesome world war ii scene what was it nagasaki or hiroshima it was, Naga-
1: it was nagasaki they they say nagasaki
0: yeah i can't yeah. remember Naga watching that uh bomb go off and then and then i'm like i'm thinking to myself like Okay, how are they going to get through this? And and they they play it off pretty well. Like Wolverine, like like takes the brunt of the hit for the dude. They're in this like deep like well, and he's using like a like a giant manhole cover to kind of cover the dude while he's taking the brunt. Like I'm I'm assuming that would work. <laughs> I I mean I've never I've never lived through a nuclear so. bomb before.
3: Let's hope um, we don't. So
0: <laughs> oh my word, it- yes.
3: It does because the radioactive particles, um, they get stopped by whatever's in front of it. Yeah, now about, it can knock people over and knock buildings over and destroy things, but the radiation gets stopped.
0: What about the fire and heat? I mean, yeah, they, they, the they guy deal. got
3: affected by
1: that. Yeah. Like he did get affected by that. You saw he got burn marks. Yeah, and yeah. he still will but, get
3: some radiation and stuff, but
1: Yeah, but he was he was protected from the brunt of it. Logan took the brunt of it so like he had that yeah. that iron shield like the iron cover on him and Logan oh, so yeah. like you do- yeah he still came out with burns like you saw that but yeah, yeah. It, he, he could have been dead <laughs> so Spe- it's one of those things that I'm willing to take like the superhero you know oh, grain yeah, of yeah. you know grain of salt with that
0: um, yeah suspension of disbelief type
1: of thing yeah I'm, I'm willing yeah. to take that just because they put it, they put in the effort Yeah, you know yeah. they didn't it's like it's not like you know, these non, like these human superheroes, like Black Widow and Hawkeye falling 20 feet and getting up and running. Yeah. Yeah, They get up and they run off, you know, it's like, they at least put an effort being like, okay, this guy, we have a nuclear bomb that went off. Logan's going to try to save him in this hole, but is, but Logan shielding his body is not going to be enough. They're going to need something else. So they put in effort. And I think that's why it's like, I can take that and I can, you know, suspend disbelief like because there was effort put into it
0: speaking of uh injuries you know i've seen a lot of action films and of all injuries in a movie i've ever seen the only one that's ever made me like grimace and like i can feel my back tense up and i'm gritting my teeth i'm like ah it's when wolverine gets his claws chopped oh, off
1: yeah by the screen.
0: that yeah. looks like it hurts like none other and um even though i don't have claw- like i can watch people's like arms get broken in movies i'm like yeah that's kind of cool but watching a fictional claw get cut in half i'm like ah <laughs>
1: <laughs> <sighs> Well then the drill things like going into the bone to take oh, his power. I was just like, oh, oh my, my gosh. Word.
0: Oh. oh my word, yes. That, oh my word. <laughs> just just painful thinking about it right now. Um, uh, you know, this this movie gave us up until the upcoming Deadpool three, thanks to the leaked photos, the only uh the only visual of Wolverine's traditional costume because at the very end when on the, the end credit scene he opens up the case and there's his original like yellow black costume and I was so mad because the movie that uh, he did after that was Logan and then they never actually got to do anything with the costumes like, we've all been waiting for that so thankfully Deadpool 3 will show the <laughs> costume yeah alright so Jackie you've seen it most recently What what else stood out to you about this 10 years uh- later
1: Ten years later, um, I so okay, so when I first saw this, it was with my brother, and he and I, we had both, we we both were missionaries for our church in Japan. I was in Tokyo, he was in um Kobe, Osaka, Kyoto area, and so this movie came out a couple years after we had come back, right? So we were at home, we decided to watch oh, it just yeah. because, like, we didn't know it was set in Japan, and then like the opening scene, we we're like, oh, is this gonna be with Japan? So we were like, yay, excited, and. <laughs> the scene when they're at when they're in Nagasaki, they're in the house, and Mariko is like cooking dinner, and she makes she's she's cooked this dinner called nabe, and she serves it to Logan, right? And the first time my brother and I, when we saw that, both of us were like, "Oh, nabe!" Like we just, I, I mean, for me personally, I was just like, "Oh, I really want that" because it's a really delicious Japanese dish, mm. and I was just like, "Oh, I want nabe!" And my parents just laughed at us because both my brother and I were like drooling as they're eating this. <laughs> delicious meal and so i was really looking forward to that scene to be like oh am i gonna have like that same reaction and i did i just like it (laughs) that it's just so traditional japanese and it's just something that i was just like i connected and i think that's why i like this so much is because like i was in tokyo i've been on the shinkansen the bullet train and it's like amazing so smooth so quiet absolutely amazing um
0: yeah that bullet scene was intense by the way
1: and that was a great scene you know um and so, yeah, so, like, that part when she's, when they're in her hometown, in her house, and um, especially with the, <laughs> when the grandma comes over and is like, there's a tree that's fallen the road, we need the gaijin, we need the, the foreigner, gaijin mm-hmm. is foreigner, and they're like, we need the gaijin, and so he's over there, like, chopping this tree down, and everyone's just milling around watching him. I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, that's such a small town Japan, like, <laughs> so that, like, whole scene is my favorite, like, when they're just hanging out. Yeah. It in small town Nagasaki. Like, I just really like that because they're out of Tokyo, which is very, like, has so much foreign influence in it that sometimes it's easy to forget it's Japan. So, yeah, that was that's my little splurge. So I,
0: I wonder, I wonder when Deadpool 3 will be set in relation to this movie. It's got to be set. I'm assuming it's set the X-Men Origins Wolverine the wolverine deadpool 3 and then logan i'm assuming that's how it's going to be set because i know hugh jackman said that the only reason why he'd come back to do wolverine in deadpool 3 is because it won't mess up logan but the whole
3: thing is is it's it's disney deadpool though so it doesn't matter where it fits in fox because it's disney deadpool well
0: yeah. I, th- I think I think I think Deadpool 3 is gonna be uh, Deadpool uh, destroys the Marvel Universe <laughs> the Fox universe that's that's a comic book series uh, should be interesting all right final thoughts on the Wolverine ten years later I think um, this is a very underrated movie it's it's very good I really don't know why so many people forgot about it I uh, that that is curious because so many people watch watching they're like oh this is a good movie i uh why why don't i remember this i i don't know. No,
1: i'm i'm sitting here i'm like i need to watch it more like cuz i remember liking it the first time and i liked it the second time around like the viper yeah. the mutant that like is poisoning him and taking his powers like she's cool she's mm-hmm. super cool uh, yeah.
2: you know i i kind of want to go back and rewatch cuz i do remember liking it and and you know, talking about it here is, or listening to you guys talk about it here, has been great to repeat that interest. But I, I gotta say, I am floored with your powers of recollection, Austin. <laughs> like some of the, some of the details you remember about, like I saw it like two years ago, and I'm like, I vaguely <laughs> remember like one thing. And Austin's like, Yeah, in scene forty-seven when the camera switched to the left, and he was holding the. You're a mutant yourself. <laughs> it's Nerdist <Nerdster-damus. laughs>
3: okay. He was watching reviews of the movie before the podcast started.
0: <laughs> well, they didn't really help with anything. Actually, the one thing the reviews helped me remember was the bullet train scene. Outside of that, I still remembered a lot of stuff. Because, like I said, I did like this movie. I liked it a lot. Because I I went into this. With trepidation, because I still had the bad taste of X-Men Origins Wolverine in my mouth. And I was really worried about uh, the track record of of Wolverine going into this film. Because, I mean, back then, I mean, it you, you wasn't guaranteed that you were going to get a good superhero film. Uh and You're
3: still not guaranteed a good superhero film. Well,
0: so. well it, it had it had a high with the early years of the MCU, and now we're kind of flatlining a little bit. So, uh, anyways, X Men, uh, not X Men Origins, The Wolverine. Ten years later, totally worth watching again. Um, and if, if if you don't remember it don't worry, you're not the only one <laughs> <laughs> alright folks thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us, subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify Anchor, Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever else you find us next week we actually won't be here <laughs> but the week after that we are doing all of Ahsoka. Oh man, I can't wait to talk about this. I can't wait. So if you've been enjoying Ahsoka, leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash and you just might be in the upcoming show. You can also email us some thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com or which was
1: See you later.
0: Bye.
2: Please welcome to the
4: stage yeah. Hugh Jackman. Mm as Wolverine from Wolverine the Musical. (laughs) Who am I? Am I a superhero with some claws? Or just an actor searching for applause? Wolverine has all the fans, but what about me, Hugh Jackman? Who am I? I play the Wolfman, yes, it's quite the task. In X-Men, days of future past, there's a the plug. I'm at the gym doing weights each day. Hugh has got to look buff, they say. Must I lie? I cannot eat this ice cream anymore. I need a body people can adore. I gave up junk food, that I know. I made that bargain long ago. And all my snacks and crisps, they're gone. And now this Wolverine can go on! Who am I? Who am I? I'm Wolverine! This is gonna work. And so my friend, you see it's true! I am an X-Man! Who isn't blue, who am I? I am, whoa, hooray! I hey, haven't got it today. <laughs> Wee- no. <laughs> <laughs> Wee- <laughs> to the end there. Hey. Too early. A round of applause. Wee- there it is. <laughs>